Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back to another episode of the War Room Podcast. Today's show is brought to us by Bet Online. Head to the new update desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on, our, on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-50, to receive your bonus. BetOnline remains the number one spot for all basketball and football action this season. What's going on, T-Cop? Man, Big E, what's going on, brother? And I'm, we're getting closer and closer to our 10th episode, which is going to be a milestone for us. Yep, we're getting there. We're getting <laughs> there. Week by week, we continue to go. <laughs> well, obviously this weekend we had some more solid football, ECU. He was back in action, so we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. But as far as the NFL goes, we had some uh, games that, you know, speaking from our last week's show, we didn't expect to see show outings this week based on some teams. But we just jump right into that. Sunday, um, we had the Chiefs versus the Titans. The uh, Titans blew out the Chiefs 27-3. to The Chiefs are now 3-4. and four. Titans are 5-2. and two. Give me some insight on what you saw in that game. I saw the Chiefs, like something's going on with the Chiefs. Yeah, that ain't right. Uh, and the reason why I say something's going on with them, because the way they're playing, they're playing terrible. They're yeah. playing terrible. When I was with the Chiefs, I want to say in 2009, we had a good roster. Mm-hmm. Uh, the players from the team, we're not saying have a good roster. Cause in 2010, we had like nine players make the Pro Bowl. Wow. The year after 2009. But what was going on, we're like, man, we got all these players. Why is not coming together? But come to find out, front office was going through a lot of stuff, and they weren't on one accord. So it just trickled down right. you know, to the team, and we could never figure out why we couldn't win these games. And we was putting the work in. We had the talent, but it just won't work in. You know, yeah, it so, always starts from the head in most cases. I'm almost telling anything you, man, starts at the head. And if the head is dysfunctional, the body's going to be messed exactly. up. Exactly. And I'm not saying that's what's going on, but something is going on within their organization. The reason why the— the Chiefs are playing the way they're playing because they came out there and they got blown out. Yeah, and they twenty-seven to three. It, it wasn't good. And then I mean, Mahomes went down, mm-hmm. uh, so that doesn't help. But you think they just overpaid him? And you know, I mean, it, as an outsider looking in, I mean, you spent way more time in the NFL than I did. But we as fans tend to look at him like, man, once they start paying these guys, they don't play as well as they used to. It just naturally it happens. Yeah. You know, he got a half a billion. I think they paid him what he was worth because you think about it. He came in. He got a Super Bowl. He did. He got an MVP. He did. You know, and a young guy. So if you're looking at his track, you know, he's on track to do some amazing things throughout his career and before his career is over with. So I think they paid him what what he I can say what he was worth, because at the end of the day, what you're worth is what somebody's willing to pay for you. Yeah, yeah for sure. So his worth is what the Chiefs pay for. I, you know, and I can't I, I see where you're coming from. But then you I, you never want to keep money out of a man's pocket, or out of uh, mm-hmm. food out of their mouth anyway. So it is what it is. But I, moving forward, we had uh, Green Bay. They played the Washington football team. They mm-hmm. beat them 24 to 10. Now, they lost their first game of the year. Yep. And it was a little shaky. And, you know, uh my guy Aaron Rodgers pops up on TV and says, "If you're worried about one game, <laughs> then then like what what are we, we doing here? We're, we're in trouble exactly. if we're worried about one loss in the first game of the year at that. And since then, which you're a big, uh, I guess you know you speak on it more than I do, but they haven't lost since then. They haven't lost since, and that's why I like this game. I, that's why I like what the Green Bay Packers are doing. Not mm-hmm. saying that." I'm a Packer fan, but I just love how Aaron Rodgers just come in with confidence, that swag. He's never 
You know, he's never too high, never too low. He's always stay even killed. He got some commercials oh, out where he's even killed. Hold on now. When, when he played the Bears uh-huh. and he threw a touchdown pass and he ran by their fans and said, I still own y'all. I mean, he's hype. He's hype. But I'm talking about in your, in, within losses. You know, so you never yeah. want to get too high, never get too low. Right. But with him, I just like his personality. Even when when it comes to the commercials he in, the yeah. commercial is just still a chill commercial. It is. And I'll tell you a quick story about uh, about Aaron Rodgers that was that was pretty cool. So when I was in when I was in Kansas City, after the game was over, we played the Packers. After the game was over with, so the team bus or the opposing team is in the same parking lot as the home team players. Mm-hmm. So when the Packers get done and get dressed, go to their team bus, they got to walk through our parking lot. So we walk out of the parking lot and he is, he drinking a beer with one of our kickers just on the back of the truck until everybody else get there. <laughs> so he can go up on, the, on, the, uh, on his bus. So that was pretty cool just to sit there and kind of see him interact yeah. outside of a football outside round. Outside of a football guy, yeah. yeah. You know, that's a lot of times people don't understand that football players are human. Mm-hmm. They're exactly the same as you are. They yep. just got a different job. Yep. And the world seems to glorify these guys way more than, I can say way more than they should, but they tended to be a little extra because it's a job mm-hmm. that is... Only a few people can do. True. When you sit and do a breakdown of the numbers in the world, there's only a few people that can play professional football. Yeah, you know, you're talking about yeah, one percent for sure. Yep. So you know, part of an group of elite people, I guess. But moving from that, they got the cards up next. This is going to be a big test for the Cardinals and the Packers. Man, huge! I feel like this is going to let us know if the Cardinals the real deal. And it's also going to let us know if the Packers the real deal. Depends on who win that game, you know, and how they win the game. Mm-hmm. It's going to say a lot about these teams moving forward, and it's going to answer a lot of questions about how we feel about these teams. Because right now the Packers are rolling; right. they're rolling right now, uh, and also the Cardinals they're rolling. They haven't lost a game yet, not at all. Now, you if know? you had to go, you know, just a little plug. If you had to go to bet online right now, which one would you bet on? Green Bay or the Cardinals? I'm going Cardinals <laughs> because uh, Adams is on the COVID list. Oh, so we don't know if Adams going to be able to play. For when I say Adams, I'm talking about the Packers receiver Adams. He's on the COVID list, so you don't know if he's going to play. If Adams don't play, definitely the Cardinals. It's Thursday night at eight twenty, so I don't know what the days left. I mean, is he going to have enough days to even be able to come? I back? don't know. I don't I think it's what a ten day thing for them, or is it got to have two negative tests? In a row for the NFL or something of like that nature. This is my thing, and this is a whole another story. And we might, I'm just going to hit on it because it's, it's concerning me. Let's do it. Why are NFL athletes, NBA athletes, <laughs> why are they, why are they getting pressure? Or you have to get the vaccine? Of course, I mean I'm vaccinated, but I don't feel like you got to put that on somebody else to get vaccinated, or you can't play. When I'm talking about NBA as well, mm-hmm. NBA and NFL. And this is the reason why I say this, and I know it's off topic, but it's something that I've just been thinking about. If you, if you get vaccinated and you still can get the virus and you still can pass the virus along, why is it so mandated that you got to get the vaccine now? If, now, I can, t- now, I can see if you, if you got the vaccine and you can't pass it along and you can't get the virus, mm-hmm. But if you can still get the same thing somebody that's not vaccinated can get and can pass it along the same way they can pass it along, don't get me wrong, I'm an advocate for the vaccine, but why are you mandating it if you still can get the virus and you still can pass it? I get you. I think it's more of a, a 
a PR thing. Uh, you're talking big business. I mean, we just call it, you know, Kyrie Irving mm-hmm. plays basketball for the, the Brooklyn Nets. Mm-hmm. How much is he making this year? I don't know, but I'm pretty sure it's 20, 30 million. Mm-hmm. You break well. down on mm-hmm. over 82 games. Okay. If that's how they break it down. I don't know if that's how they pay NBA players weekly like they do NFL. I'm mm-hmm. not sure. But if you did, that's a lot of money per game. Mm-hmm. So you want to probably try to increase your chances of having him actually be able to play because if they're sitting out because of COVID, they probably, his team is probably still mandated to pay you. Mm-hmm. You know, so I could see that being no, part of know. a big business. I'm not sure. but Because I think it's the, the city of New York saying if you go into a public building, you got to have that. You got to be vaccinated. If I'm not mistaken, I couldn't well, be wrong. But well, that's where he lives. That's true. So, I mean, it's not like they're isolating him. It's just that he has a more profile name that is out there in the world. So, you know, they're going to know about him not being vaccinated because mm-hmm. it's like you have some players that are not able to play in other states depending on what their rulings are, you know? And I don't think he's ever going to get vaccinated. Just by me listening to the type of person he is, he sounds like he's real earthy, 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 uh, natural type guy. Mm. That's his vibe, like peaceful type vibe, dude. You know what I'm talking about? But he's always the guy that goes against the grain too, though. Yeah, but I don't think he go against the grain because he want to go against the grain. But I feel like his type of personality and the way he go about his life He's not that type of person who's going to get that vaccine. I don't think so. Nets need to move on from him. But let's get back to <laughs> NFL. And it's not because, I mean, he just, he's bothered me ever since he left LeBron. And it's just been bothering you me. Think we'll so? get to, because he wanted to be the man. Like, why would you not just be the man and be on LeBron's team and you be a half a billionaire right now? For sure. I don't know. I don't, I don't know the reasons behind that. So I can't, I can't comment on that. But, but I don't I know mean, the reasons behind it. I mean, why would no team want to keep him? Like, they've, he's moved for, he went to the Nets. No, he went to the Celtics, then went to the Nets, right? And it said he had okay. somewhat of an issues with bringing um, Kevin Durant and um, James Harden in. Oh, no. He, he wants to be the guy, but I digress. I can't, I, I'm not a fan of Kyrie Irving anyway. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> But he is the most skilled player to ever play the game. Stop it. Just throwing it out there. Let's be real. We'll talk about that later. We'll talk about that later, Big E. Let's talk about that later, Big E. The most skilled. Come on, man. To ever play the game. To ever play the game. Who else more skilled than him? There's a bunch of people more skilled than him. No, they're not. What do you mean? The closest person is Curry. That's the closest. So what are you talking about? dribbling and getting to the rack? What are are we talking about? Everything skill-wise. Ball handling. Let's get another subject. We're about to argue for real. All right, so you're taking the Cardinals over Green Bay well, Thursday night. Yes. Because of Devontae Adams potentially not playing, being able to play but for the Green Bay Packers. But even with Adams there, I still think that the Cardinals would be would still take that game, but I'm definitely going Cardinals if I'm betting. It's that Cardinals too. It's that their yeah, play. So. I'm, if I'm betting, if I'm going to bet online and I'm betting, mm-hmm. I'm betting on the Cardinals. I, do, I would too. 100% I would. I would go with the Cardinals. One, because I feel like Kyler Murray is just, he needs that, another signature win, and beating Aaron Rodgers would be that. That'd be and, huge. And the way he runs around, the little yeah. jitterbug, I, I love it. Yeah. I love it. So, moving on, we got the Bengals and the Ravens. Just last week. Here we go. We had the conversation on the Ravens, the real deal. Put some respect on my name. It was a big friend, right? How about big that, Fred? Fred? <laughs> Fred, Lonnie, don't, y'all don't come to me no more about any Ravens, because I'm going to tell you how I feel about it. Soon as we hype these dudes up, oh, they're the best. Oh, I done put uh, Lamar Jackson on my MVP board. Yeah, you did. Come on. It's and then they just, that's why you can't believe in the Ravens. Of course, don't get me wrong. I'm a Raven fan. I like the Ravens. I'm mm-hmm. not saying I'm a fan, but I like the Ravens. I don't have anything against the Ravens. I like them. 
But the reason why you can't hang your hat on the Ravens like, oh, this their Super Bowl year is because of their defense. Mm-hmm. Their defense is so up and down. Wish you you don't know what you're getting. Yeah. And and to be successful in, in Baltimore, let's look at the past. You got to have a good defense. Baltimore has been successful. And when it comes to going deep in the playoffs or actually winning uh, the Super Bowl, it's because they always had a solid defense. Now their defense is too, like you say, wishy-washy. You don't know what defense you're going to get. And that's what aggravates me about the Ravens. I mean, Burroughs went 23 for 38 for 416 and three touchdowns against the Ravens. Come on, man. And, I mean, he's a second-year guy, mm-hmm. but kind of sort of still a rookie. You know what I mean? He's like a rookie and a half because he went out the season last year with the ACL. But they held the run down. They just didn't stop the passing game. So that's been a weak spot for them all season, and, and I really don't see how they're going to fix it. Um, we're only halfway through the season. How many passing yards do you have? Uh, 416. And 200 of those went to one receiver. Yeah, Chase. Chase. Eight catches for 201. Come on. Then uh, I can't say his name, but uh, CJ he had ninety one. Higgins had sixty two. Boy, oh, what's CJ? What's his name? What's his last name? Why are you going to try to get me say that? Name? <laughs> uh, I you know what CJU. That's what I'm going with CJU number eighty seven. I, I can't say that. I can't even. Oh man, so you try to get me like that? That's messed up. <laughs> but uh, but moving on from that, especially say that the Ravens are not the real deal yet. I don't believe they are there yet. Even though I felt that way last week because I felt like they, I had a. Uh, one of my coaches on the Rebels is uh, Coach Von Chance. He's a big-time Ravens fan. He was mm-hmm. just like, man, their defense just isn't it. But then for them to show up last week the way they did yeah. against a team that's been scoring, mm-hmm. it was like, okay, well, maybe they made that fix. But obviously they hadn't made that fix. Either they got overconfident and didn't expect the Bengals to be as explosive. There's no way you think Chase is going to catch for 201. He had a field day. It was easy for him. And that's a, that's a rival. Big-time rival. That's their division. That's a division opponent. And you come out and get smacked like that? That's crazy to me. I can't trust the Ravens no more because I don't know what I'm going to get. <laughs> well, I mean, with Lamar Jackson only completing 50% of his passes, that's never going to help them win. He's off my um, MVP board. Off all the way? I mean, he's he threw off. for 257 and ran for 88. You going to take him all the way off? You don't get beat like that. All right. I mean, I mean, Not I mean, a divisional man. game. He's still a good player, but he's off my MVP board. You know, I was looking at uh, rankings and stuff, and you know who they got as the number one quarterback right now? Who is that? Dak. My good old boy, Dakota. <laughs> All right, moving on. But we're going to go uh, Monday Night Football. Great um, game. We had the Saints and the Seahawks. Obviously, Russell Wilson was out, mm-hmm. um, and Geno Smith was still uh, playing for the Seahawks. And the Saints, you know, with their funny leader and Jameis Winston. And do you ever watch when they zoom in when he's in the huddle calling the play? Man, I get so weak laughing at that. Like, it's so funny because I was like, I imagine how they're probably chuckling on the inside, how he's calling the play. And, and not even that, just his movements, just how he's running. All of it like, looks bad. <laughs> <laughs> but he's a talent, though. He is. He is a talent. And that's one thing I like about Winston from watching this game. Not necessarily saying that he just killed it. Because some of his players, they dropped some dimes. Like, he threw some, some deep balls, and they was dimes, and they was just dropping them. But I love the way, because think about it. When did he, when he, when he get drafted? Mm. Not year, but he got drafted first round, right? Yeah, he was a first rounder. So he's a first round quarterback. He's, he's a good quarterback coming out of college. Mm-hmm. He go to Tampa Bay, and he still does a great job at Tampa Bay, but he just has a problem with turning the ball over. Right. 
I mean, nobody can argue his numbers in Tampa Bay. They're pretty solid. Solid numbers. But it's the fact that he can he continues to turn the ball over. So me watching Winston last night, what I loved about his game was his decision making. Whether if it's not there, where times he would just try to force and throw something, mm-hmm. he tucked it and ran it. He had eight carries for 40 yards. He averaged five yards a carry. Yeah, he tucked it and ran it, or he threw the ball away. He did do that. I mean, he was 19 for 35 for 222 and a touchdown. Look, that is the type of Winston that you want playing because you know he got a t- you know he's talented, but now he's starting to make great decisions in the game. Whether to run it or throw it away and not make those costly interceptions. Speaking of that, mm-hmm. you know, half of his completions, you know where they went? Camara. Check downs <laughs> they, to the running back. That's another smart decision. Yeah, Take what they give you. He had 10 receptions for 128. Take what they give you. You know, so I love the fact that his decision making is, is coming along because now we, we, you never judge his talent. We never judge his talent, but it was always his decision making. For sure. So we're going to see what happens. You know, we will. I mean, uh, hopefully he can continue to lead because I actually want to see him be a success. Yeah. With him leaving Tampa Bay and then Tom coming into Tampa and winning a Super Bowl with the team he had. Mm-hmm. Like, I really want him to basically save his name. And then following up Drew Brees is very challenging. It's just like the kid up in New England or Cam and how he followed up Tom and now how Jameis is following up Drew Brees. You have two, and I'm not going to get into – you know, too much of the, the the racial thing, but to have two African-American quarterbacks follow mm-hmm. up after these great Caucasian quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And we've always kind of talked well, not always, but it's always been somewhat the African-American quarterback can't get it done mm-hmm. type of thing. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the vibe. And I want those guys to be successful just mm-hmm. because, you know what I mean? Let's prove the doubters wrong. You know what I mean? And I think that tide is turning, especially when you got your your Russell Wilsons, uh, you got your Patrick Mahomes. You got Dak. You got Dak. You got Lamar. Mm-hmm. You know, so that, those tides are turning, and, and that's good they are turning that way. What yeah. do you think about Geno? You know, I want Geno like last week for Gino, like I really was pulling for Gino last week. Mm-hmm. Like I really wanted him to win. And and I understand he's in a uphill battle coming in as a backup and he's just now starting to get those first team reps consistently. Mm-hmm. And the guys, you you think about it, when you have Russell Russell and you have all these OTAs and mini camps and stuff, he's gonna get all these number one guys. Mm-hmm. Now you're talking about two, three days out the week. He's finally getting thrown into that, and they're probably trying to implement more into the playbook, mm-hmm. and he's having to take more in as a number two, where you've seen it. You don't get that many reps if you're a number two or number three. Mm-mm. You don't. Number one gets all the reps. So now mm-hmm. they have to cater this thing and move it around Geno to where it works for him in the offense. And I think slowly but surely it's going to come, but I feel like by the time he gets it right, Russ will be back. Yeah. But I'm hoping he's able to salvage not say salvage, but to to put his name back in the market by his play over mm-hmm. these next few weeks while we're waiting for Russell Wilson to come back. Yeah, you know, I'm a fan of him. I, I mean, he went to West Virginia, so not necessarily a fan of that. But mm-hmm. outside of that, I hope he has a successful career and he rebuilds his resume. And even outside of the quarterbacks, I don't know if anybody watched that game, that Monday night game, but the Saints' defense, their run defense. Mm-hmm. Is crazy. That's stout. Man, they got a linebacker. I think it's number 56. I don't even know his name. I can't think of his name right now. He is a dog. I'm talking about a dog dog. He's taking an offensive lineman and pushing him in the backfield and tackling a running back with the offensive lineman <laughs> consistently. You know, and I, I hate to do this, but I'm going to bring up a story when we were at East Carolina. Mm-hmm. Big Phoenix Evans, my brother. Big Phoenix. That is my brother all day long. <laughs> but we were playing... The Louisville mm-hmm. and the DN, I think his name was Pace, maybe. 
and he carried Phoenix right into the backfield and tackled Phoenix and Art Brown at the same time. And I apologize to this Phoenix if you're listening, but I, I, I had to tell the story, you know. Uh, but number 56 is Davis for uh, the Saints. He yes. had seven tackles. Uh, he had 10 tackles total, he, two sacks. He killed. Like, he killed that game last night. And then the, the corners, Lattimore, don't get me wrong, he had some, some personal fouls versus uh, DK. DK had two catches. He had one catch in the first quarter for a touchdown for like 80-some yards. Mm -hmm. His second catch came like in the second half for like five yards, and that was it. Yeah, two two for 96. He shut him down. How do you feel about DK? I think he's a specimen. I think he is a a freak of nature, but I'm not a fan of his route running. Now you can't run routes? I'm not a fan of him. Not when it comes to route running. I don't think he get in out his breaks quick enough. And I think it's because of his size. Which makes sense. You know? But Brandon Marshall did it. Oh, Brandon Marshall, a different animal. Yeah. Brandon Marshall, he could sink his hips. He could. He yeah. could sink his hips, get up out of that thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, I like Brandon Marshall. Yeah, Brandon Marshall was a real deal. I watched him here uh, when we played UCF back in the day. Mm-hmm. And again, sorry, Demetrius Hodges. I hate to call these <laughs> names out, but clearly I don't because I keep saying them. He ate Demetrius up that day. You hear me? Like, <laughs> yeah, a lot of people up. Yeah, it was, it was pretty bad. But, you know, there's a big guys, man. I'm not a fan of DK's personality that he's been displaying here recently. Mm-hmm. That spat he had back and forth on the internet with um, Shannon Sharp. Um, you can't go at the goat like that, You can't that, go man. at Shannon Sharp like no, that. No, you he, can't go at Shannon Sharp like that. He backpedaled it. And he was like, well, basically he did some research, looked at Shannon Sharp's number, and it was like, I hope my career is as good as yours. For real. Like, I you think that was a PR thing. Like somebody told him, like, yo, you need to chill out. Like, yeah, you can't come at Shannon Sharp like that. And the thing is, Shannon Sharp would pull up on you. Yeah. I really feel like he would. <laughs> you can't come at him like that because what Shannon was talking about was the truth. You do need to get down or get out of bounds. You do no. need to get out of bounds. On the, he was talking about it during the two minutes. Yeah, the two minutes uh, towards That's the end the of the game. That's the truth. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and for you to come back at him, you still a young pup in the game. You know what yeah, I'm saying? You been, still, he was being big disrespect for the yeah, Sanders. Yeah, you got to respect You got to respect the OGs, man. So we're going to slide into the, the rankings right now, into the NFC and the AFC and the NFL. And, you know, where you want to start, NFC or AFC? Let's start NFC East. <laughs> I have no issue starting there. None whatsoever where my Dallas Cowboys sit at 5-1 and one in first place. And what's so pathetic is that everybody else is 2-5. and five. Like, that just – like, the NFC East is one of the most wishy-washy conferences. You'll have everybody be tied – with terrible records, and I don't, Dallas just happened to surprise me this year with being five and one. I'm not going to sit here and lie. Uh, moving to the NFC West, you have the Cardinals sitting in first place, seven and zero. You know what, though, Biggie? Going back to the NFC East, just to hit on something real quick. When I was playing the league, the NFC East was the toughest division in all of football. When I was playing, yeah, the toughest division. Like a decade ago, I'm telling you now, it's like the worst. I don't know why it's like, and it's been like that for the past few years. Like this. So many 500 teams sitting there about tied, and for everybody to be two Losing. and five, man. Yeah. That's, I mean, I think we've played everybody uh, already once. I'm not. I'm not for sure. But moving to the West, NFC West, you got the Cardinals seven and zero, Rams mm-hmm. six and one, 49ers two and four, and Seahawks two and five. Do you see that shaking up in any other way other than the Cardinals finishing out first place? I don't know. I think the Rams can get the Cardinals run for their money. Absolutely would. Like, they right there. They only one game back. I feel like the Rams can beat the Cardinals. Any given Sunday, I think the Rams could beat them. Don't get me wrong. I'm not sleeping on the Cardinals. I mean, given their respect, they're at the top at 7-0, the best record in the league. 
but the Rams are at six and one, and the Rams can the Rams can easily win that division. I, I agree with you. They could. I mean, and we got a whole other half of the season left. So mm-hmm. uh, the Cardinals um, beat the Rams already, right? They beat them twenty-seven to twenty. Mm. Uh, 37 to 20. My bad. 37 to 20. So they beat them by 17. So I oh, imagine shucks. they got to match back up. They, they, they got the upper hand since they already beat them once. Yeah. So I don't, I don't really see it shaking out more than I feel like the cards will finish out first place. But we'll see. Mm-hmm. NFC North, you got Green Bay sitting at six and one. They took that first L. Uh, Aaron Rodgers' famous lines is, you know, you can't be worried after <laughs> one week. What are you worried about? The season's over with if you're worried about that. You got the Vikings three and three, the Bears three and four, and the Lions zero oh and seven. That ain't gonna change. The, yeah, I don't really see the Bears uh, upping. I feel like they'll be looking for a new coach after this year. Yep. As much as I hate that, because uh, Matt Nagy was actually my quarterback when I played arena football. Man, good dude. But uh, the Lions are gonna stay where they're at. Hopefully, they can squeeze one win out. Yeah. And Minnesota, I really don't know their direction, but Green Bay is. They're led by Aaron Rodgers. I mean, you know, you, you can't really go against Aaron Rodgers, really. Mm-hmm. It's kind of hard to. NFC South, you have the Tampa Bay or the, the, the Tampa Tom and his squad, 6-1. and one. New Orleans, 4-2. and two. ATL, 3-3. Three and three. And Carolina, 3-4 and four after starting 3-0. and oh. um, Saw a lot on Facebook, a lot of people joking, the Panthers fans, about starting 3-0 and oh and how they were, you know, Screaming Super Bowl and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and and now there are four losses in a row. It was and false daylight. That's what it was for sure. False for daylight. Sure. You know, and then, you know, funny thing is, it's like when we go back. Me and you had discussed like the way they won the first two games was giving McCaffrey the ball so many times. It's mm-hmm. like there's no way he's going to survive this. Yep. And sure enough, less than the first five games, he's sitting out two, three, four games in a row. So yep. Uh, hopefully, they can bounce back. New Orleans can. <sighs> no. no. Go ahead. You, I'll let you I'm trying it. to fix my mouth to say it, but it's hard <laughs> to say it. <laughs> New Orleans. I think New Orleans got a chance when it comes to winning that division. Just because, just off the fact that they're only one game behind Tampa. And if they play Tampa and their defense step up the way New Orleans defense has been playing when it comes to stopping the run. They got an opportunity. And with Jamison playing, because think about it, James can be motivated when he play Tampa. He can yeah, be motivated. Sure. You know, so with Jamison playing the way he's playing and making right decisions the mm-hmm. way he's doing it, it'll be a ball game. To it's, me, this is not just a, oh, Tampa Bay got it. This is a and Sunday. This is Sunday. They play Sunday? They play Sunday. Yeah. I mean. They do play Sunday. They play Sunday. 425 at, yeah. the, at the Saints. Yeah. So you're telling me you're going to take. Tampa and have him about well, I say Tampa, but Tom Brady and have him play indoors against the Saints. No weather restrictions, no he's gonna light the Saints up. You thinking the Saints I'm hoping the only thing that's hurting the Saints, they gotta get Thomas back. They yeah, big time receiver. Yeah, they yeah. they gotta get him. They need some other receivers to step up besides Kamari because they're gonna run him to death. So who you taking in that game? It's in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Shucks, I'm going to rock with New Orleans. I'm going to take Tampa Tom. You know, that's what I'm going to take. What are we, what are we wagering? Uh, we got to wager something. I mean, don't be scared. Let's go. Uh, mm. Let's go a food spot. Food spot? All right. Definitely. We'd bet a meal. How about that? We'd yep, do lunch. Let's bet a meal. Yeah. All right. Sounds like a plan to me. Y'all heard it. 
T-Cop's taking me on a date. I appreciate it. <laughs> you know, but moving to the AFC, I'll let you take this. You got the AFC East. Who you, I mean, you run that off. Buffalo. Four and two. Buffalo. Who was that? New England? You have New Buffalo England? four and two. New England three and four. Jets one and five. Miami one and six. I think Buffalo's going to finish that out. For sure. I, I think the Jets going to stay where they at. Miami going to stay where they at. Uh, I think the Jets may end up getting a new coach after this season. Miami might be in the same boat getting a new coach after the season. I think New England is doing the best they can do right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong. New England is not a team that you can just overlook. You can't. But I think where they at right now – Close to almost five hundred. I think that's where they're going to end they up. They have ten games left, so yeah. I mean, I think they'll 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 close that gap with Buffalo. Buffalo can might slip up, and then we still have those later months where we'll see which team holds on to that cold weather and plays well in that down the road. Here, mm-hmm. you know, AFC West, you got the Raiders at five and two. It's tough, which is actually still shocking. I mean, two two wins in a row for them after mm-hmm. uh, the, all that scandal stuff going on with Gruden mm-hmm. and firing the coach. So I'm actually really rooting for them because I feel like the players had nothing to do with that, and they should be using that as a motivation yeah and to hear some of the players speak like there's a lot of them that didn't like him wow there's a lot of them that didn't like him when you go back and look at the you know instagram posts and twitters and things like that they playing and showing the the way they playing and showing they must didn't like him they wanted him to get out of there They're averaging more points well i'm speculating Um, that but yeah it's it's definitely speculation i wish we knew somebody to call hey zay jones (laughs) let us know something but you got the charges at four and two who could easily step up and meet the Raiders there towards the end of the season. The Chiefs, who we can never sleep on, but right now they're staying where they're at. Right, I now. got the Chiefs going eight and nine throughout the season. They're going eight and nine. Yeah. They play the Giants on Monday night. I got them beating the Giants. Then they got the Packers. I got them losing to the Packers. I got them losing to the Raiders the first game. I'm gonna say they're gonna split with the Raiders. Got to play them twice. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna split it with the Raiders. They're gonna they're gonna lose the first game to the Raiders. They're going to lose to the Cowboys. For sure. Then they got to buy. And then they come back. I feel like they're going to beat the Broncos. They gonna, then they got the Raiders again. They're going to beat the Raiders the second time they play mm-hmm. them. And I think they lose to the Chargers. They win to the St- with the Steelers. They lose to the Bengals. And they win with the Broncos, setting them up to be 8-9 and nine at the end of the season. All right. We're going to lead that. We're going to mark that. We're going to see how it turns out. I'm, I'm actually in agreement with you. So, Definitely with them losing to the Cowboys. I absolutely agree with you on that one. <laughs> um, you have the AFC North where you have the Bengals, surprisingly. I remember the last time the Bengals saw themselves sitting in a first-place situation. For real. And they got the Ravens at 5-2 and two as well, but they got the upper hand because they beat the Ravens. So you got the Browns at 4-3 and three, and the Steelers at 3-3. Three and three. You know, I feel like that conference, with all those teams, it can change at any moment. Any moment. I feel the exact same way you feel. Because you got the Steelers, who are still led by Ben, who I do believe need to retire after this year. And the Browns, who are, you know, they Baker may feel this out with that messed up shoulder. Don't know how long and how that's going to affect them. Um, but the Ravens, still a toss-up. We don't know what version we're going to get Mm-mm. every week. And then the Bengals are just proving us wrong, or not just proving they're trying to make a point yeah. that, hey, we have finally rebuilt. We have we went through the rebuild process for like 10 years, and we're finally back. But I, I'm not going to say back, but finally showing promise, and hopefully they can keep that going. I, I, the jury's still out. The jury's still out on this conference because you don't, like you said, with the Bengals, they're starting out hot, but it's kind of like, Still the Bengals. Yeah, I'm just waiting. Still, I'm just waiting to see what's gonna happen. (laughs) The Ravens, they you don't know what the Ravens and the Browns. To me, I feel like the Browns could easily slip up and get in the back of the mix of this thing because their defense is good and both of their running backs are out. But they got a third running back that's stepping up and killing it. Yeah, 
They just got the receivers got to come along. So that also think they have a solid offensive line. If all three running backs have been doing their job mm-hmm. and one is stepping up for the main two that are injured and he's still doing the job, the offensive line must be doing theirs. Exactly. So I feel like, like you said, we said at the beginning of the, the season was the Browns are set up for a long playoff run. So I really feel like they'll still bounce back. But there's only so many spots you could take out of the AFC North. So we'll see how it goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and lastly, we have the AFC South where the Titans are 5-2. and two. Coats are three and four. Jags are one and five, and Texans are one and six. Jags and Texans are going to stay at the bottom. They're going to stay at the bottom. There's no change no in that. The Colts, with Wentz playing a little bit better, we might see some upside in the second half. Well, I didn't even say second half of the season. There's still ten games left. I like him. Yeah, like he's come. He just got to stay healthy. That's it. But he looks good. He don't look bad. He don't look bad. Unfortunately, he's the type of guy to stump his toe on his dress in the middle of the night and be out six weeks. True. You know, so hopefully he can continue to play in the Titans with their run game and potential passing game that's continuing to emerge with the receivers and Julio getting vested into their system. I still feel like they have a long playoff run for them. The Titans still, they're going to win that division. You know, I really believe that too. So that's the breakdowns of these divisions and conferences of the NFC and the AFC. You know, we're going to slide into story time. And what I'm going to hit you with is (laughs) – I didn't take any questions from someone else. I'm asking you this question off mm-hmm. guard so you have zero time to think about it. Funniest moments. Uh, in football, I'm talking, matter, matter of fact, a funny time in when you're doing some community service or you're doing camps or if you were in camp for the team. I want something funny from that. What you got for me? Raw and uncut, on the spot. <laughs> what you got, T-Cop? So, oh my goodness. Okay, so it is. I forgot what year it was. I'm still playing the league. A good friend of mine. Uh, so when you play in the league, you throw your football camps during the summertime, right? After you do OTAs before training camp starts. So if I throw a football camp, I used to do a football camp every year in Little Washington that I have my guys I play with in the league come down. And then we threw the football camp. Then we had festivities after the football camp, whether it be like a white linen party or mm-hmm. just something that we have going on. So I was at a camp. One of my friends threw a camp. (laughs) (laughs) And I went to his camp. And here we go. Listen to this. So when he throw his camps, he ran out. He blocked off the whole hotel. So everybody that's there for his football camp, you know, only people staying in that hotel is the people that's there for his football camp or the people that's coming in for the festivities after the football camp. Okay. Like sometimes he'll have a casino night. uh, He'll have a white linen party. But it'd be amazing every single time he throw his camp. It's an amazing time. For one, the kids, they when you do the camp, any camp you go to, they feel like that you just, you can't do no wrong. You know what I'm right. saying? And so the, it's, it's great to give back to the kids, but also the festivities after the camp. <laughs> and so listen, y'all, I'm about to paint this picture for you. So I go down to the camp, right? And it's me and I got a couple of my friends with me, you know, because I want them to experience this, what, what I'm experiencing, because it's a great time at these camps. So we go to the camp and I want to say we just finished the camp up. So we all back at the hotel, we eating food. Um, and then you have two girls pull up, right? They pull up in the Bentley. They get out the car, Big E. They get out the car, heels on, real bougie type vibe you know what i'm saying because you got everybody in the, in the hallway so they they just walking checking in the room right okay cut it right there cut it right there. i wish i had a video to record them when they walked in right bougie heels bunch of designers yeah get 
Okay, we get that night to he had a white linen party, right? And so one of the girls was dancing with one of my friends. Not anything crazy, but he was just in front of it. They weren't close to each other, but he was just dancing. They were vibing. They was vibing because he can dance. Okay. My partner, my cousin, he can dance. And so he turned away from her, and all of a sudden, she hit a switch. She take her hand and go. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> I don't need. Do, do I need to warn people this is not PG thirteen? Real quick. No, it's okay. fine. <laughs> it's fine. But she. So he turns. He turns around and he's facing away from her. Uh huh. She comes up behind him and take her hands and cuff between his legs from the back. Uh huh. And he turn around like, yo, what's going on? And she like, oh, you want to battle? You want to battle? Bruh, she talking about battling like breakdance battle. Oh, yeah? She was up there shaking. You want to battle? You want to battle? Big E. After that happened, bruh, it was another dude that was in there. And so, because after, after my cousin, he was like, nah, I'm good. He kind of walked <laughs> off from it. Let me get out of here. Yeah, let me get up out of here. About five minutes later, she on the ground, another dude. So they battling, battling. Because I think we should from like Chicago or something, like, if I ain't mistaken. He got her by her feet on the dance floor, dragging her around the dance floor. She get up and she start, you want to battle? You want to keep battling? You want to? Biggie, it was the craziest thing I seen in my life. And it was because of the fact that. I never seen anybody battle dance before yeah, in person. In person. Especially a female right. that was acting and looking the way she was acting and looking when like she you, first came you in. You didn't think she was going to be that too down to earth, essentially. If you want to call it down yeah, to earth. If you want to call it that. <laughs> she was from Chicago, right? I don't, I don't know. I ain't going to put nobody she, You said you think she flew in from Chicago. You know Chicago people like to dance. And I don't they look know. different. All I'm saying is, Biggie, it was the funniest thing I've seen in my life. And this was the time before... Um, Facebook and stuff really got popping. Instagram really got out there like that. So the next morning, when I tell you we was dying laughing and we went straight to World Star Star. trying to see if anybody got it on tape. We couldn't find it. But Biggie, when I tell you that was one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my entire life. Just her battling and getting pulled around the ground (laughs) and jumping up. And 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 was she she wearing white? She had to be in those white party. That's what I'm saying. Like on the floor? On the floor. Biggie, I've never seen anything like that. Never. But it was entertaining. Entertaining because she got up and she was still in her dance battle mode. Oh, like, man. But he was battling too. He was. It was who, who won the battle? Man, you don't even know. I said everybody, the spectators won. Because y'all yeah, got a show. We won. The spectators we won because you got the show. I respect that. So, speaking of camps, we go smooth on. Speaking of camps, we want to have a moment where we can talk about high school to college to pro. Mm-hmm. We're talking about camps okay. and work ethic and all of that. So, speaking of like my personal experience was coming from high school, mm-hmm. I had a coach, Kevin Wilson. He worked us. Hard, like mm-hmm. there was no way you were going to be in his weight room or in practice and conditioning and going into camps. We were traveling to team camps all over the place. But going from high school, thinking where I thought felt like I got worked to death, mm-hmm. going to college, 
that transition. I don't know how it was for you, but when we got to college, we experienced those three days. Mm-hmm. Get the people a little bit about them three days. Because I might have nightmares and start breaking out in highs oh, if man, I start talking about I'm it. I'm telling you, three days. So we're <laughs> practicing in the morning. Uh, that's the first practice. And this North Carolina heat and humidity it's right real. during the summertime. So you're going to practice in the morning. And then you're going to have a little break. But after that break, special team guys, everybody that's on special teams, going to come back out and have another practice. Mm-hmm. Straight special teams. Now, forget offense and defense. Special teams is just as tough as offense and defense practice. For sure it is. Because you're sprinting the entire time. And it's physical. Mm-hmm. So special team guys had another practice. After that's over with, we go back in and come back out again yeah. for the third practice. Well, I said a lot of times, dude, let's, let's skip this. We had the lunch, then you had weights. Mm-hmm. You had weights. You had weights, and then you came and out for that third practice. And then you came back out for third practice. <laughs> yeah. Told, it's, when I tell you that type of stuff, man, and when I was in high school, I had a guy, uh, I can say a guy, but a, a coach I really look up to. Uh, coach Pascal, Brian Pascal, he's Riverside head coach now. He did his thing when it came to getting you bigger, stronger, faster. Mm-hmm. All right. So he worked us hard in high school. But Biggie, I was light skinned until I got to college. <laughs> <laughs> in my head, I'm being honest with you, in my head, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like I was light skinned. You know, the, when the I was thing in high is, school. The now when I look at your pictures you take now, I really feel like you have a light skin mentality in these pictures. <laughs> and, just, and in the way you are about being in the sun now. Bruh. You know, guys, let's just give you a breakdown. T-Cop is the type of guy that's going to wear long sleeves, a towel over his head, uh, and all the stuff to cover himself up from the yep. sun. This mm-hmm. is him. That's me. You know, he doesn't that's want the sun to touch his skin, I that's guess. That's me. But I thought I used to be light skinned. You possibly might have been. But when I went to when I went to college, I was doing three days. <laughs> it's like I got so black that I never got my skin color back, and I've been this color ever since. So you got a good tan. <laughs> if you need tanning tips, go to T Cop. You just need to do one football camp, and you have a tan for the rest of your life. Do it. Do a three a day for a summer, and you yeah. you'll never get that uh, that tan off of you yeah, for sure. <laughs> so you know, my experience is you know going back to us. You didn't redshirt. I redshirted. So. Mm-hmm. When we started practicing, the redshirt guys, the guys that are sitting out for that year just to train and practice, mm-hmm. we worked out separately under Coach Witten. Coach Witten had us go do our lifting, and we would come out in like period 20 mm-hmm. to the practice field. So we used to have to do the stadiums mm. where we had to do 10 reps up the stadium stairs, which was, you know, forward, sideways, back, you know, karaoke's where you do the crossovers, hop on one foot, hop on the other foot, hop on both feet. And the last three reps was you had to carry somebody your body weight, you had the wheelbarrow, and then you had to be the wheelbarrow. Mm. And then to come out there and talk about hurry up and get to the locker room, put your pads on so you go out to practice <laughs> to be uh, the scout team. I mean, we were done after That's that. You crazy. know what I mean? And this time you're talking, I had Jay Blair, Jawarn Blair, 6'7", 300. Mm-hmm. I had Domain Duckett, 6'7", 300. Mm-hmm. Had uh, Ronald Poo, who was about 6'3", 290, but bench pressed five, 600 pounds mm-hmm. and was mm-hmm. ripped up like an action figure. True. Then you had Hosea James, yep. who was a technician because all these knee injuries he's had. He's learned how to play the game, but just be very technical. Mm-hmm. Man, I would, I promise you, I would, 209 MacArthur Drive, I was ready to go back to Mama <laughs> House. You hear me? Like, I wanted no parts of that. And then that's when they were experimenting with Vontae Leach mm-hmm. and John Williamson moving to defensive end. True. Over aggressive guys that were strong. You know what I mean? My very first pass that was against Vontae. <laughs> literally, he went against me, and literally it was a wet day, and I literally slid in the ground 
how much he was pushing me back because it's like I didn't know how to use my body yet. Yeah. I didn't know. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I want my rematch now, but <laughs> I didn't know back then. But going from college in the 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 winter conditioning, mm-hmm. which is probably the worst part, yep. I would say. Yes. And that's five AM during the winter months. In the gym. In the gym. Well, we had fields we went on the field on the John Thompson. Okay. I remember that. We went on the field for him. But you're out there on the ice or in the gym. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And you're talking five in the morning, you need to be in line ready to go. In line ready. And the goal was literally to make somebody throw up. Mm-hmm. And you were not allowed to miss your rep. If you were up next in line, you needed to throw up and be back. Mm-hmm. Or it was going to set it off for everybody. So doing up downs on the gym floor, doing mat drills, rolling and tumbling and flipping and wrestling each other. We had to wrestle one of them. You had to pull the towel from each other or the tire and stuff like that, man. Those days, would you do it again? Exactly. What do you mean? Would, if, if you, how we say, <laughs> you just go back and be like, man, I wish I could go back to these days. Shoot, no. You would just go back to the locker room and that's it. I go right? back to the locker room. Locker room and that's it. I but don't want nothing to do with that. Don't get me wrong. Those things help sculpt me to the person I am today mentally. Oh, for sure. For sure. But I just don't know if I could do it twice. Um, not knowing what it was the not first knowing. time. Not knowing what it I, was. Yeah. There's no way I said I'd go back and do it. I you have to do wipe my mind clear. Yeah. <laughs> And, and take me back to that. You know, and then going from college to pro, as far as staying in shape and training, what everybody mm-hmm. didn't understand is they expect you to be a pro and you need to already know how to do this on your own. Mm-hmm. Like you're a pro athlete. This is your job job. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you got that time frame where the season ends in January. You got a better breakdown than I did. Yep. You did it more than I did. So you go ahead. So so the season to end in January, if you don't make the playoffs, uh, late December, early January, the mm-hmm. season to end. So you're done until April. Around about late March, early April, mid-April to when you got to come back to your team and start doing your nine-week workouts. And your nine-week workouts will consist of OTAs, mini camp, rookie mini camp, vet mini camp. It's going to consist of all that as well. But you're also working out, lifting weights, conditioning four times a week as well. So, But you have that from January to like that April that you're home just chilling, letting your body heal up, doing what you do. And then after that, you go back home after the April part, the nine-week thing. You go back home probably late June, from late June till late July to kind of go home and kind of reset and get your mind right for training mm-hmm. camp coming up. So within no months, you're not there. You got to make sure you stay in shape because if you don't stay in shape and you come to training camp and you overweight or you don't make the conditioning test, it depends on who you are. You might be going home. So speaking of that, we had our time off. They sent me home with a thing. I, I graduated at 335 pounds. Mm-hmm. But uh, at camp, I was like 326. Just the uh, OTAs, not OTAs, mini camp. I was about 326. Mm-hmm. So going into that time off again before we come back for camp, mm-hmm. they said they want me at 315. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I got to give my guy Benny Raindrop and Josh Barnes all the love in the world because mm-hmm. they were running with me, conditioning with me. They they weren't training for nothing. It was yeah. just like, we're not going to let you not be the weight you need to be. Them real good friends. Yeah, that, that was good friends. And, yep. and it was the funniest thing is because Benny is five foot eight. 300. He's a round buddy. He's a, mm-hmm. a round body guy. And then you got Josh, who's 5'6", 150 pounds, a little short, skinny dude. Mm-hmm. You think he'll run all day. Mm-hmm. But it was one particular day, Benny Raindrop lasted longer than Josh did on running 110s. Dang. And we won't never let him live it down. <laughs> we won't never let him live it down. But, you know, so pro experience of coming back, I got down on the weight, obviously, because it was $350 per pound that you were overweight mm-hmm. per day. Mm. Yo, know, three fifty per pound per day. So if you're ten pounds overweight, that's thirty five hundred dollars. That went up to six hundred. That's up to six hundred now. Six hundred dollars a pound. That's six, six grand if you're ten pounds overweight. 
It's crazy. That's rough. So the next day, if you're 10 pounds again, same bill. Next time, same deal. So, you know, whatever you think you're doing as far as training right now in high school and you think coach is riding you and being hard and you have aspirations of making it a college or pro, get over yourself, young people. And work harder. Matter of fact, work two times harder than you're working now. Mm-hmm. Because if you want to be part of that 1%, you better do something now. That's all you can do. Mm-hmm. You know, so moving on to college, we got college scores. NC State versus Miami. NC State uh, lost 30 to 31 in Miami. Thursday night, uh, Florida Atlantic beat Charlotte 38 to 9. App State on Wednesday last week uh, beat Coastal, who was ranked 24, 30 to 27, last second field goal, which was a phenomenal game. And then Wake Forest, who we have to put some respect on their name because they are the best team in the state of North Carolina right now. They are. They are ranked number 13. They beat Army 70 to 56. I don't know who decided not to play defense that day, but they did. And speaking of Wake, now they've played a solid schedule, but moving forward, they have Duke, Carolina, NC State, Clemson, and Boston College. Now, the good thing is travel between three of those games, four of those games is going to be so easy because they're just literally, you know, South Carolina being the furthest at Clemson, but that's going to help them still be able to keep some some energy and not having to deal with the travel lag and all of that. Mm-hmm. So Wake Forest has a strong opportunity to come out of this ACC thing and being one of the top contenders. Now, I see them beating Duke. UNC is a toss-up. NC State's a toss-up. Clemson's a toss-up. And I don't know anything about BC, but it's really guessing the rest of the way for them. But they really yeah. have a chance to finish the season in the top 10 if they handle business. They do. But they got a tough road. Oh, for sure. For they sure. They got a tough road. You know, and, in, and this past weekend, we come back. We got East Carolina who played Houston. They were back in action after a bye week. Mm-hmm. Uh, we ended up losing 24 to 31 in overtime. Uh, it's kind of one of those games that had a, it had a five-hour delay. Uh, and I feel like we didn't benefit from that being the away team. Mm-hmm. Um, I question, did they, how did they eat? I'm sure they fed them in that delay. I'm sure. Uh, cause most players and teams eat three hours before kickoff, mm-hmm. uh, three to four hours before kickoff or a five hour delay. They had to feed the boys something, but how did you feel about that game? I know you caught more of it than I did. I know Ehlers finished 23 for 37, 283, two touchdowns. Mitchell and Harris combined for 22 carries for only 71 yard. Sneed had a great day at receiver for seven for 119, seven catches for 119. CJ, three for 46. Hatfield, two for 45. Omotosho, four for 34. Calhoun, two for 12. I that, wasn't excited, but I want to hear what you thought. It was a couple of plays in there where I feel like the officials played a big part in what was going on. But let me give you some stats real quick. So if you look at this stat line, you would think that East Carolina won this game. Mm-hmm. You would think that. So total yards, East Carolina had 365. Houston had 256. 100 yards difference. 100 yards difference. Passing yards, East Carolina had 283 yards passing. Houston had 169. Would have never guessed they'd only had 169. Rushing yards, East Carolina had 82. They had 87. Wow. So, again, East Carolina still looks better than this team, right, just from the stats I'm saying now. And then yards per play, East Carolina had five yards per play. They had 3.8 yards per play. Man. First downs, East Carolina had 17 first downs. They had 16 first downs. Third down efficiency, East Carolina was one for 12. That's bad. One for 12? That was one for 12 on third down. What That's was that? bad. But they was three for 13, so they really want a big difference. Yeah, that wasn't a big difference at all. Um. Fourth down efficiency, we went for it three times. We were over three on fourth down. They didn't go for it on fourth down. Total plays. East Carolina had 72 total plays. They had 65 total plays. 
East Carolina punted six times. They punted seven times. East Carolina has seven penalties for 60 yards. They had nine penalties for 75 yards. Again, this is East Carolina should be winning this game. Why do I feel like turnovers is going to be the kicker? Time of possession was almost the exact same. East Carolina had 29 minutes and 13 seconds. They had 30 minutes and 47 seconds. Time of possession was even. Even. Get to the turnovers. East Carolina had three fumbles. And they only had one. They got two extra possessions. They got two extra possessions. And one pick, we had one pick, but it was called off. It wasn't, it, it didn't count. So it was, the referees, it was a couple of plays that the referees kind of really blew some calls on mm-hmm. that really hurt us kind of earlier in the game. Not necessarily in overtime per se, but it was just, I don't know, man. We're there, but we're not there yet. Yeah, we got to get over that hump. And and then you think that Houston is moving to the Big 12, and I think that would have been major to sit here and say, hey, we beat a future Big 12 team. But once I saw that we were going into overtime, uh, I was just like, oh, man, I don't know if we have that in us. We're regular. The, the, the overtime's just not in our game just yet. I just don't mm-hmm. feel like it's there yet. And for – us to make it that far, I felt like we should have won the game reading, hearing the numbers that you just read off. Mm-hmm. And the fact, I really didn't expect us to even be that close based off records. You know what I yeah. mean? In Houston's history of being able to sling the rock mm-hmm. and get all these yards and stuff like that, I was kind of worried about that. But obviously, our defense has stepped up. They've shown defense some type of improvement. Up. The fact that they were able to somewhat shut down or slow down an offense as powerful as Houston has been in the past and their history, recent history. So I was actually uh, shocked about that. But this week we play Thursday night. Mm-hmm. We play South Florida at home at uh, seven thirty. Yep. Um, I'm hoping we get a good tennis. I know they're doing a big thing for the kids. I know they're trying to bring in a DJ mm-hmm. that they're well known. Um, I was actually asked to help search for a DJ okay. for the student section. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping that they made that happen. Who you get? I didn't. I didn't get. I mean, I sent out recommendations, had a few conversations with people, but I was really shooting for a DJ. Uh, what is it? Sick Kick. He's real popular on Instagram right now. Okay. But he actually had something uh, when he emailed me back. He actually had something uh, set up already that that, that day, mm. and then we reached out to DJ Jazzy Jeff from the Fresh Prince, oh, which okay. we Old didn't school. think that, we didn't think the kids would know who that was. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, but he was like in the budget, and it was like, okay, great. Mm-hmm. And the last one that I know that we spoke of was DJ Who Kid, who was Fifty Cent's DJ. <gasps> Yeah, so hopefully they were able to lock that in. Obviously, I'm going to have nothing to do with that financial part in the contract, but mm-hmm. I know I was asked to help find, so I tried to do my part. You know who we should have got? Shaq or either Ildris Elba. And is Ildris Elba, is it, is it Ildris Elba? The actor? The actor. He's a DJ? He's a DJ. He was just bored. And it's like, I'm but rich. He, I'm I he's pretty good at it. But we can't afford Shaq. Come on, man. We can afford Shaq. We can't afford the DJ. Shaq. We can make it, we might can't afford Shaq to come play. Who? No, we, we can't, can't afford Shaq. DJ. Shaq the DJ. Yeah, no way. DJ, he was got to want every bit of twenty grand. He was he was coming to uh, Sup Dogs to DJ. Was or did he? He was. I think COVID messed all that up. But he was scheduled to come to Sup Dogs. That would have been funny. I don't think we can handle that though, man. I, Shaq is our personality. He is for sure. He's East Carolina personality for sure. I, I, I would need <laughs> that. I think he would have been. He would have been great. Speaking of the conference, we've spoken in the past about our conference being overly talented, and we couldn't recruit against these cities. So now we have this major change where we lose in Cincinnati, mm-hmm. Houston, and UCF. They're leaving to go to the Big Twelve because mm-hmm. the Big 12's losing Texas and Oklahoma, mm-hmm. uh, and we're bringing a UAB, which is an old conference USA four of ours. Mm-hmm. We're bringing Charlotte, who's relatively new. In state, and you have FAU, Florida Atlantic, 
they're coming, North Texas, Rice, and UTSA, which is Texas San Antonio, that are all coming into the American Athletic Conference. How do you feel about that change? Does that, I mean, me personally, I feel like it gives us a better chance to compete. How do you feel? At first, I mean, we talked about it off the air a little bit. At first, I was like, uh, I don't like it because I feel like it makes our conference weaker. But you hit it right on the head. I want to win. You was like, listen, we just want to win. Yeah. So when I started thinking about that thing, you know what? We can't help who we play. You can't help who let's you play. Let's go and dominate this thing. No, <laughs> I mean, you think about it. When we won our two conference championships back in conference, we say, what about talking about who we were playing? We were True. just playing who was on the schedule. Yep. And if we want to add a couple of tough ones, we have the non-conference schedule. We can throw those in there. Mm-hmm. And we'll play who we play. And here's the thing. We're not that good to sit here and act like – they're that just that lesser than us. I mean, we True. still have to live up to their level. So eventually, I feel like that's an even across the board. I mean, mm-hmm. last time I know I played Rice, which is, you know, depressing day. That's when I got hurt and messed up my knee. But we lost the Rice to go to the conference championship game, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So, and then UTSA, they were on TV the other day. They look pretty solid. North Texas has never been just terrible. And FAU, um, I'm not, I don't know much about them, but they get to have a talent rich area coming out of Miami way. Mm-hmm. They're down in that way. And then Charlotte, we're going to have to compete for recruiting on the east end of the state now. Mm-hmm. You got east versus west. So that has an opportunity to create a rivalry. Mm-hmm. And that gives us a chance as fans to be able to travel to an away game that's still in state. Mm-hmm. So it gives that, that, that helps us out there. And then UAB, we never really been solid against UAB. It's not like we were just dominating them. And our history of being down in Birmingham ain't never really been good. I don't think I ever beat UAB. I know I haven't. Yeah. I know I, I, we didn't. So it's still going to be very competitive. And I think it makes the conference look good um, and everything. And so we'll see how it goes. You know, but I really believe in East Carolina University. Uh, Thursday night, who are you taking? I mean, not to say taking. What do you think the outcome will be, ECU versus South Florida? It's going to be a tough game, but I think we pull it out by three. I think we pull it out. I'm, as a matter of fact, we lost, so I can talk about it. I think we pull it off by double digits. Um, I'm really hoping so, and I hope Thursday night fans hear this. Please come out, support our Pirates. Uh, they're coming back off the road. Let's get back to 500. Uh, that would be fantastic for us to get back to 500. And, um, you know, Going forward, I think the Pirates still have a very strong chance to make a bowl game. We're just going to get to it. Uh, but ultimately, that's today's show. T-Cop, you got anything else? Not at all, brother. Great all job. Right. Shout out to D. Smith Designs, who's been looking out for us, uh, making sure that our logos are on point and our graphics and stuff on our Facebook page. Please go to the War Room Podcast on Facebook, as well as we're going to be recently here setting up our Twitter account coming, uh, things of that nature. And we're still working diligently towards bringing you a visual. Um uh, the War Room Podcast at yahoo.com is the email. Send us your players of the week. Uh, any suggestions, please hit our inboxes. We're not against anything. We want to hear what the people want to hear. We want to talk about what the people want to hear. So uh, get with us, T-Cop. Nothing at all, brother. No, no, well, thank you guys for listening. You guys have a good one. Go Pirates and go Cowboys. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.